Hey, thanks for listening to the Journey Podcast. We're glad you're here. Journey exists to engage people in the process of knowing Jesus Christ. We pray that this podcast engages you and encourages you to become more like Him. Well, good morning, Journey. How's everybody doing today? I hope well. That was some awesome worship. Great reminders of who God is. He's holy. We didn't deserve it. He still came because He's just great. Amen. Hey, I'm Tracy. Um, just in case you know me, I'm, I'm on staff here. Get the awesome privilege to kind of just continue in our Advent theme uh, all around Christmas time. And I'm just thankful to be able to share just for a few minutes this morning. As most of you know, we've been studying the themes that shape Advent around Christmas time. And each week is centering around a theme, and we light one of the candles. Um, so, just kind of a, a brief overview of what we've been doing. Um, this, the first week, we talked about hope, and that was the first candle. And that was the candle uh, called the prophet's candle. The second candle we lit was the candle of faith. And that was the Bethlehem candle. The third candle last week was all about joy, the shepherd's candle. And then this week, we're going to light a new candle that's all centered around the angels, the angels' candle. And what that's all about is that the angels literally waited thousands of years to come in and shout the good news that Jesus was coming into the world and that he was going to save the world. He was going to make it possible for every single person in the world and in this room to have salvation. So that's the good news this week. The angel's candle invites us to find peace in the middle of fear, right in the middle of any fear we could ever face as the shepherds encountered angels who announced God's peace to his people at Jesus' birth. Luke 2, verses 9 through 15 puts it this way. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger, and suddenly, this is the best part, y'all, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace. I'm going to start that over again and then finish. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace among those with whom he's well pleased, among those who have his favor. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. But if we could just get real for a couple of minutes, the truth is that experiencing peace around Christmas time and around this time of year might can be a little hard. Would you agree? That for a lot of people, it's almost like we start questioning that peace that we can have. Christmas gift expenses go up, and we're like, how are we going to afford this? Literally, it gets dark at 2 p.m., and at 6 p.m., it feels like midnight, right? But we have end-of-the-year anxieties as well. Maybe just relational issues with family or friends. Political conflict where everything seems to be going crazy. Fear of the future. How about just the word fear in general? Because we all have fears, don't we? 
Every single one of us has a fear of something. And honestly, my heart goes out to many of you this year because of the loss of a spouse, of the loss of a family member, of a loved one, of a friend. And it's just like, how in the world am I going to get through this, this pain, this hurt? And I want you to know that we are praying for you. But it's easy to wonder as we pay attention to just everything happening around us, not only in our circle, but in the entire world, is peace really possible sometimes? It seems like these days we see the word peace or the symbol of peace. I mean, it's literally on cars, it's on notebooks, it's on social media. We throw out like peace signs, peace out, you know, deuces. We do that all the time. There's all kinds of symbols about all that. And and even to go a little further, if we really, really pay attention, peace is, means different things to different people. Like, for instance, in a hostile country right now where maybe there's war all the time, maybe peace to those people means just the absence of war for a few days. Or maybe for a school elementary teacher who works 40 hours a week, maybe peace for them is something like the kids are going to P.E., the kids are going to art, right? And there's peace, just a few minutes of peace in that. Or maybe for a mom who's with their kids literally 24-7. And they can never get a break from them, but peace to them might be a night out with the ladies or with your spouse. Amen? Amen? I, I got that one. <laughs> but the big question is, peace means something to every single person, but what is peace really? Like, what does God's word and God himself say about peace? And Jesus himself answers the question in John 16, where he says, I've told you these things. What things did he tell them? Well, he had told them that he was just about to go away from his disciples and that when he went away, he was only one person in one place at one time and that he was going to send the Holy Spirit so that the Holy Spirit could be in every single person at one time. And he's explaining these things that he's going to go away. And they were troubled. And they were sad. And he says, I've told you these things in John 16, 33, that, you, that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. And I think we'd all agree that we need peace in our lives. Amen? We need inner peace. And we need peace with other people. And how do you not just have inner peace for a few moments, but how do you keep it? And how do you not just have peace with somebody for a few minutes or a few days or a few weeks, but, but how do you keep it? Matthew 5, 9, Jesus himself said, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. So I just want to, if it's okay, ask a few questions. And I want to get you to reflect on a few questions as the talk continues in just a few minutes, how can we become better peacemakers in such a crazy, chaotic world? Is there somewhere in your own world where you can be a peacemaker this Christmas? Is there an invitation that needs to be extended to smooth over a broken family relationship? Is there an apology that maybe needs to be made? Or maybe there's just a silence that's been happening way too long that needs to be broken. I just don't want us to miss the blessing that God promises in our lives 
as we respond to his call to be a peacemaker in our own circle. And what I'd like to do right now is invite you, if you would, to pray a prayer with me as we think about all of these things, as we think about peace in our own lives. Would you bow your head with me? Lord, in a season when every heart should be happy and light, many of us are struggling honestly with the heaviness of life. Just burdens that steal the joy right out of our hearts. Tragedy arrives as innocent victims suffer and an inner voice whispers, be afraid. Jesus, in these times, honestly, we need your peace. Jesus, we confess that our hearts are too often filled with wonder of a different kind. Wondering when the bills are going to be paid or when the terror will stop or when rest will even come and if it ever will. Is the message still true? Sometimes we question. In a world where there's worry, not peace, I pray that you'd stir up that good news again. Lord, this Christmas season, make it real in our hearts. Never have we needed your joy and peace more than now. And I thank you for the gift of Jesus, our Emmanuel, the word made flesh. We not only need your peace and joy, Lord, we actually crave it. You promised rest for the weary. You promised victory for the battle-scarred, peace for the anxious, and acceptance for the brokenhearted. And not just at Advent, but every day of the year. Because your name is still called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. And we know peace on earth can only come when hearts find peace with you. You're still our joy. You're still our peace. You're no longer a baby in a manger. You are Lord of lords and you are King of kings. And we still celebrate you as Lord this Christmas and every single day. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, amen. 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 Thanks, Tracy. Let's look again at Luke chapter 2, verses 14 and 15. Here's what they say. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. And when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. Well, we are in the middle of a series on Advent, as you can tell, as we've lit the candles and now we've gone this way. But this theme this week is such a battle each and every day of our lives to have peace, to be at peace. We've talked about other things before, and we'll get to those themes that we've talked about already, but with peace, it just becomes a daily battle. We want it. We need it in our lives, yet it's such a daily battle. And peace on the surface seems like it's simply just the absence of battle, the absence of war, the absence of conflict. But peace, deep down peace, gets beyond circumstances, beyond things, beyond people. And so can we get into those things? And so if you're new here this week or if this is your first time here, we have talked about several themes through this Advent series that I just want to catch you up on so that you're with us through this whole time. The first week, we looked at hope, and hope being the expectation of a joyous thing to happen, the expectation of something great that can happen. Week two, we talked about faith, and faith is knowing what God says and trusting that he will do what he says. Faith is not something that we just muster up inside of us. Faith is something that God says he will do, and it's our trusting that he'll do what he said he's going to do. And then last week, we talked about joy. Joy coming from the Holy Spirit that's deep down in you that is not just happiness. It's not just things going well, 
but a joy when things aren't going well. And like joy, this week, peace is something that is deep down in us, that gets inside of us, that as the book of Galatians tells us, it's a fruit of the Spirit, like joy. But peace, peace is something that's hard, and our world wants to know a lot about peace. Our world talks a lot about peace, right? You ever listen to the Eagles? They wished you had peace when times are hard. The Eagles also had that peaceful, easy feeling. Remember that song? John Lennon wanted us to imagine all the people living life in peace. Taylor Swift asked if we would be enough, if it would be enough if she could give you peace. Hillsong Young and Free said, tells us there's a peace far beyond all understanding. And then how many of you know Andy Minio? Not probably not many hands are gonna go up. Well, I'm gonna rap for you. Okay? Here you go. Andy Minio says this, said he's been waiting on peace, but he just bought a piece, one under the bed and one under the seat. He doesn't know if, it's the right, if, it's, if he's right or wrong, but it helps him sleep. We all want peace. If music doesn't do it for you, maybe an app on your smartphone helps you have peace. There are apps like peace, chill, Present, mindfulness, calm, <coughs> fluid, and even one called 10% happier. How many of you'd like to be 10% happier? Just 10%. That's all I'm asking for. The self care industry alone is thriving at $450 billion a year. Now, I'm not knocking the need for self care. I'm only trying to point out the desire that we all have to find, create, and allow peace into our lives. So as we continue along today, we're going to try to answer three questions. We're going to think about where we look for peace. We're going to look at how we have peace. And lastly, we're going to see what we can do to show peace to others. In a lot of ways, these things we're talking about today are not going to be mind-blowing like my rap skills were but we're going to be able to say, you know what? I've heard this before. This sounds true, right? But it's hard to put into practice. It's hard to do these things, even if we know what they are. And so today I want us to be able to try to put some of these things into practice that we've learned and that we can talk about today and that we would be intentional about it. Because usually what happens is in the busyness of life, we make excuses as to why we can't do some of these things, that why we don't have peace. In fact, if you say, hey, how are you doing? Most of the time, we're not saying, oh, I'm at peace. You would say, oh, I'm busy. Because we've intentionally made our lives super busy to where many times we can't have peace. And so today, I want us to be intentional about putting some things into place in our lives and where we're looking for peace so that we can see this. We don't need Taylor Swift We don't need the eagles. We need something else. And so what happens? What makes peace so difficult? This question in lead times is hard to specifically answer because we see it everywhere. Tracy mentioned a couple of these a moment ago. There's war. Now, maybe our country and our area is not at war, literally, at the moment, but we have Christians and people around the world who are literally at war right now. And so having peace is difficult. There's brokenness. 
Since Genesis chapter 3 and the fall, when sin entered the world, it broke our relationships. It broke the world. Things don't go the way they're supposed to go anymore. And so we have to deal with that. If we're honest, selfishness doesn't allow us to have peace. We create our own unrest because of our own selfishness. Greed. When we start to value things over people, we can't have peace. Hatred. Let's just be honest. There are times when we believe we're better than someone else. And so that doesn't allow us to have peace. Tragedy. With the world being broken, we all come face with tragedy. I know there's many times when I'm working with people who are younger than me and they're kind of new to life and they're just beginning at the adult stages of life. They maybe haven't had tragedy yet, but we know it's coming. Most of us have been there, have had some kind of tragedy. And as we mentioned earlier, loss. Because of sin, death came into the world. The devil, in John 10.10, it says that he came to steal, kill, and destroy us. Right? Just a little insider for you. When you prepare to speak in church sometimes, the devil likes to attack you at the thing you're speaking about. So the last couple of days, I haven't been always necessarily that peaceful. And it may not be that circumstances haven't been peaceful, but insides cannot be at peace. So he likes to attack us. So these are all ways, you name it, situations, things, experiences, and people who make it hard for us to hold on to peace. So how can we find peace in the middle of all this? How were the angels able to say, glory to God on the highest, and peace among those with whom he is pleased. So the first question I want us to think about today is this. Where are you looking for peace? Where are you looking? What are you setting your eyes on to find peace? If you are not at, not at rest right now and not at peace, where are you going to look for it? We look for it in multiple ways, right? We look for it in relationships, right? We hope someone will bring us peace a human, another human being, right? Usually it's a human being that's causing us not to have peace, right? Or let's think about it this way. Do you really want the weight of being peace for someone else? Do you want to carry that load that you have to be peace for someone? Maybe you look for peace in money, in financial security, that if all your bills could be paid and just have a little bit extra, and then maybe a little bit more, and then maybe a little bit more, then we could have peace. I know people who are financially secure, none of you, because you know, we all don't want to say that. I work during, we don't want to, I don't want to pick on you guys. I'll pick on people who come to our city during one week of the year in April. So I get to work masters during the year. And I get to work with a company that brings in big companies and, and bigger CEOs and stuff. Not really famous people, but high executive people in our country. People who go, oh yeah, they're definitely financially secure. And some of these people that I've met through this, even in a week of fun and vacation and the greatest golf tournament in the world, they're not at peace. Financial security did not bring peace for them. But we look for it there. We think if we just have a little bit more money, we could have a little bit more peace. We look for it in experiences, right? Now, there are some experiences out there that can, that can bring peace. We, most of us hope to be able to go to Hilton Head or to the beach or to Myrtle Beach or even to the, the Gulf Coast at some point because that will bring us peace. And maybe for a moment, it may bring us peace. 
Maybe for a week if it doesn't rain every day at the beach, right? So we look for ways to get peace through all of these things, people, experiences, money, things, and all these things are temporary. They can't give us that real peace. True peace lasts forever. True peace is eternal. And true peace has a name. His name is Jesus. Now, it's cliche if you've been in church. Oh, thanks. Good job. I just blew your mind with saying Jesus in church. But it's true. Here's what it says in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. For a child is born to us, and a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Peace is a person. In Matthew chapter 11, Jesus tells us this himself. Jesus said, come to me, all who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give to you is light. Jesus is saying these things. Your burden, the burdens he wants you to carry are light, are easy. He wants you to have peace. In John chapter 16, Tracy read this verse a minute ago. I have told you this so that you may have peace in me, right? In him, not in circumstances, not in money, not in other people, but in Jesus. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I've overcome the world. And then lastly, Paul tells us this in Philippians chapter four. He says, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. I don't know about you or how long you've been a believer and trusting in the peace of Jesus, but there have been times in my life where I should not have been at peace and I was able to have peace and I couldn't explain it to you. I didn't know how to tell you except to, to, re, to read this verse, that peace that passes understanding. And so peace is a person. And so where we look for peace is not in other people, it's not in things, it's not in experiences, it's in the person of Jesus. The disciples knew this as well. It's in the middle of all of it. They were going through it. They were going through storms. Maybe you're going through a storm right now. Maybe life is not good. You're not looking forward to these holidays. It's been a rough few weeks. Maybe it's been a rough few years, right? Since 20, last two years have not necessarily been fun for a lot of people. So in the midst of the storm, we still have the person of Jesus. Reminds me of the story in Scripture where Jesus is going across the sea, and he's in a boat with his friends who are experienced fishermen. They know what they're doing in a boat. It wasn't their first time. And what's Jesus doing? Jesus is taking a nap. He's knocked out in the bottom of the boat, and the storm comes, and the disciples are freaking out. They do not know what to do. They couldn't believe Jesus was going to take a nap during this time. But my wife thinks normally when I can nap, when my kids are going crazy, I can still find a way to fall asleep. But Jesus is there, and he, they wake him up and all the craziness. And what, he, what does Jesus do? He steps out. And my favorite way of explaining this verse comes from Sally Lloyd-Jones Lloyd in Jesus' storybook Bible, where she says this. She says, the same voice that created the winds and the wave spoke to them and said, peace, be still. 
Jesus is the person that we need to have peace. So where are you looking for peace? Where are you trying to find it? What do you set your eyes on? That's a question that you have to answer. The next question is this. What are we going to do to have peace? Once you start a relationship with Jesus and we have access to his peace and we can have it through him, there are still things that we can be doing to have peace. We say around here all the time that we practice extravagant generosity. Well, there's part of our adult lives and our spiritual lives that we have to have disciplines in our lives and habits in our lives that allow us to have peace. We have to do something. We read Philippians 4.8 a moment ago. That verse is sandwiched, or 7, that verse is sandwiched between two verses that tell us what we should be doing. Philippians 4.6 says this, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he has done. That's the verse before verse 7 that we read. And then in verse 8, it says this after that. It says, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, and right, and pure, and lovely, and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Now, here's the truth. As we focus our thoughts on God, we realize that these things, all these great adjectives that are used that Paul uses here, are not found inside of us. We aren't these things. He is these things. And so for us to have peace, we have to fix our eyes on those things, fix our thoughts on those things. We have to do those things, to look for what is true, what is admirable, what is right. Many of us call ourselves worriers, and we worry about everything. We can fix our thoughts on those things, what to worry about, but then we struggle to fix our thoughts on what God has for us. And so we have to go to God's Word. Reminded me of when I first started in ministry, I worked for um, a pastor who decided that he wanted to read through the entire Bible a hundred times before he died. And he got started at such a later point in life that he, that meant he needed to read through the entire Bible three times a year, which is a lot. And so many times when I saw him throughout the day, his nose was down inside the scriptures, trying to get through reading through the Bible three times a year. And so in me, that made me think, you know what? I don't necessarily have, I'm not going to do it three times a year, but at least I like to do it once a year. Like I'd like to read through the entire Bible once a year. It made me think to myself, if I call myself a Christian and I say the entire Bible is true, I probably should have read the entire thing so that I could say that it's true. And so I started reading it. Well, luckily for me, in the next couple of years, a great little app called the YouVersion app showed up in our lives, right? And the YouVersion app is a great app on your smartphone that allow you to read the Bible. It will notify you if you haven't opened the Bible app that day. You can set up notifications. It will even read the Bible to you. So you have no excuse. And let's, let me help you with this. If you wanted to read the entire Bible in one year, it takes about 10 to 15 minutes a day. And so what you do, if you struggle with that, connect that habit to another habit you do every day. Say, brush your teeth, right? You brush your teeth every day. So every morning, when I start brushing my teeth, grab my phone, turn on the, open up the Bible app, let it read it to me. I ain't even got to read it myself. And start reading through the Bible. And I get to read through the Bible every year, the entire Bible. But those are ways to intentionally focus our thoughts and the things of God to what God has for us. But we have to do them. 
Those are ways that we can have peace. Another way we can have peace is to spend time alone with God in worship and in prayer, right? What we do up here every Sunday is great. The band did a phenomenal job today leading us in worship. Well, we can have those things each and every day of our life. In the first song we sang this morning, it said that even when our hearts are heavy, I will choose to praise you. To me, that's moments of when I don't have peace, I can choose to worship God through those moments. I can allow music and allow things of that nature to help me. It's times of prayer. Where do you like to spend time alone? Some of you hunters, some of you like to fish, just alone time in your car, right? After you drop the kids off at school and you have freedom for a little while. Where is it that you like to have time? In your closet, at the beach, wherever you can find time to be alone, make the time to do that. Those are ways that you find and make peace happen in your life. But you have to do it. You have to be intentional about getting the things because that God offers us peace through the person of Jesus, but we get to have access to it in the times where the battle is tough, when it's hard, when life is not good, but we can find ways to worship, find ways to do that. Lastly, we're going to look at how we can have peace with God and our relationships, but it comes down to people as well. Now, this time of year, I identify a lot with the movie The Grinch. Anybody else identify with The Grinch? So our, our wreath on our front door, my wife had one of The Grinch made. She said, I, uh, I was the reason behind it, right? Well, The Grinch quote that I identify most with, it says that Grinch didn't have a problem with Christmas. Grinch had a problem with people. And they can understand that, right? Now, I love people. I get to work with people all the time. I kind of just have fun with being like the Grinch. But it's the moment that we have to realize that if it, we may be able to have peace all to ourselves, right? If, it, if the world was just with me, I'd be able to have peace. But I got to live in a world with other people, right? And it's other people that it makes it difficult to have peace with. So the last question I want to answer today is, what are we doing to show peace? What are we doing to show peace? Again, Tracy read this verse earlier. Matthew chapter 5, verse 9 says this, Blessed are the peacemakers, but they shall be called children of God or sons of God. Blessed are the peacemakers, not the peacekeepers, but the peacemakers. We have a responsibility to make peace as much as possible. In fact, Proverbs chapter 16, verse 7 says it this way. When a man's ways pleases the Lord or when, pe- when people's lives please the Lord, even their enemies are at peace with them. Now, let's be honest. There are some Bible Bible verses I struggle to agree with and struggle to understand. This would be one of them, right? But we surrender to God's word and it's life-changing power. And we go, hey, you know what? If God's word says it, there must be something true in it that I can be used. So even if I do what God calls me to do, I can live at peace with my enemies. Some of you are worried about having to be with your enemies in about four or five days. <laughs> but you can live at peace with them. It's what the Bible tells us. And in fact, as a child of God, your job is to create peace. Create moments of peace. Maybe creating moments of peace this next week is keeping your mouth shut. <laughs> Maybe peace this week is having the hard conversation. Maybe peace this week 
is you offering the gift of forgiveness. Maybe peace this week is just being with the people you know you're supposed to be with. The gist of this verse is what Paul tells us here is that, or what Jesus tells us here is that we can be at peace and we can make peace with others and that we don't need to be the cause. In fact, in verse, uh, the next uh, verse we have for us today is Romans chapter 12, verse 18. This is where Paul, rem- um, reminding us of Matthew chapter 5, says this, do all that you can to live at peace with everyone. Other versions say it this way, as much as it's up to you, live at peace. You have to do your job. In fact, Paul spent all of Romans 12 kind of telling us things of how we live, how we offer our lives as worship throughout this. And in fact, in chapter 13, he goes on to tell us how we should interact with the government and all these kinds of things. But what he's ultimately telling us to do is we shouldn't be people as children of God, of children of God who cause peace not to happen. We have to be peacemakers. We have to be the ones that allow peace to happen. So I don't know who you're thinking about in these moments. Man, if I could just deal with that one person these next couple of weeks, I could have peace. And I'm not telling you you have to go deal with that, but maybe you do. Maybe that's what God's calling you to do. Who is God calling you to be at peace with on this earth? Because he's peace. Not because of anything of you, Maybe, maybe the wrong can't be made right. But you can be a person that makes peace. The last verse we're going to look at today comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Paul again tells us uh, all of this. He says this in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 18. All of this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to, back to himself. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. He goes on to say that we have to be ministers of reconciliation to reconcile people to God and to reconcile each other. That's our job as Christians. That's our job as children of God. And it's up to us to do these things, to be, to be the ones who offer forgiveness, to be the ones who give forgiveness and accept forgiveness when it's needed, to not hold the grudge. These are battles that we come across each and every day. And we have choices to make. We trust Jesus first. We get in the habit of finding peace through him. And then we begin to show it to other people. I was reminded this past week of a story that made it on social media of a young lady named Shelby Houston. Shelby Houston is the 18-year-old daughter of Richard Houston, a police officer in Texas who was killed in a line of duty. At his funeral, Shelby said she felt anger, sadness, grief, and confusion. These are all things that don't have peace. She said part of her wishes she could despise the man who killed her father, but her heart couldn't hate him. And she finished with this statement. All I can do is find myself hoping and praying for this man to truly know Jesus. My prayer is that someday down the road, I get to spend time with the man who shot my father. Not to scream at him, not to yell at him, and not to scold him, but to simply tell him about Jesus. That's impressive. 
I don't know if you've, nobody's ever shot your father. But to be able to have that kind of heart, to be at peace in a situation like that. So how are the angels? Why do the angels say, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased? I think they learned that the person of peace was born that day in a little city called Bethlehem. And that he was bringing a peace that passes all understanding. And that we could have a deep down peace, even when it felt like all hell was breaking loose. That we could have peace with others, and that ultimately we could have peace with God. This peace, this person, is born in a little town in Bethlehem, and we will celebrate his birth this week. Let's pray. Father, thank you for what you've done for us. And God, you know that we battle this idea each and every day. Lord, we know too much going on in the world because of the internet, because of social media, because of the things that we can just learn. We know all the crazy, terrible things that happen in our world. And those things can cause us not to have peace. And God, we go searching for peace so many times in all the wrong places. We try to look for it within ourselves. We try to look for it within other people. We try to look for it in money or experiences. But God, we can only find it in you and in a relationship with you. So God, if there's someone here today who doesn't know you, who has never started that relationship. But the person that they know inside of them, there's a hole that hasn't been filled and they are not at peace. God, I pray that you would reach out to them today. That they would, they could know your peace, that they could know that your burden and your yoke, they are light and they're easy. And God, if there's someone going through a lot today, that God, we would just pray for them, that we would walk with them, that we can walk with them. To Father, know that we can have peace. And God, help us this week to be peacemakers. Help us to show peace to others. Because you've given us peace, we have the opportunity to show it to someone else. And in all the craziness of the holidays and everything that happens, God, I pray that we would be seen as people of peace. God, we love you. We thank you for Jesus, the Prince of Peace. It's his name that we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening today. If you need prayer or want to talk to someone about taking your next step, email us at nextsteps at journeycommunity.net.